It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the PHNX Diamondbacks podcast. Is this thing on, Damon? We going? We here? We're on? Okay. Uh, welcome in to the PHNX DVAC show. Uh, and before we get into everything else, shout out to OG's Brands, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays, which I'm told today is Friday, even though all of the days have completely blurred together for me at this point. Uh, OG's is not your average cannabis-infused gummy. They absolutely knock it out of the park when it comes to flavor, and the effects of their gummies are a total slam dunk as well. Head on over to OGsBrands.com to see their full lineup, including their two newest gummies, the OGs Naturals and the Big OGs, and find out where you can purchase. My name, of course, is Jesse Friedman. I am your host today here on the PHNX D-Back Show because one Derek Montia is out on a ship uh, going from Miami to the Bahamas, I'm told. Uh, apparently, he does have internet, so I'm going to guess that Derek is is in the chat right now because he just can't help but be away from all of us. Uh, but Damon is here. Uh, Damon's going to be going to be chiming in here from time to time. Uh, he is he is indeed behind behind the Mac. Uh, and we have an actual spring training baseball game to talk about, uh, which feels good, uh, as much fun as PFPs and all of the lovely things, all the lovely drills that we observe at Salt River Fields are on a daily basis. We got an actual baseball game today between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Colorado Rockies. Uh, this game did not go especially uh, well for the Diamondbacks from a results standpoint, a 3-0 loss to the Colorado Rockies, uh, which of course means that the sky is falling uh, and that the Arizona Diamondbacks are not, uh, they're not good anymore, Damon. Uh, the, the, all of the hype, it's gone. Uh, the Diamondbacks aren't going to be able to defend their pennant because they lost to the Rockies uh in spring training i mean it's what are over. we what are we doing here right damon it's just like we were saying all all like playoffs with every pitch it's over yeah like it's it's done and I think, then if we win again then we're back that's just typically how it goes around here yeah absolutely um so yeah i mean that's pretty much the the whole show that we have it's just you know the diamondbacks lost to the rockies they got shut out by the rockies in fact and uh, that's all you need to know the season is basically over uh no in all in all seriousness uh, there were there were some positives here for the Arizona Diamondbacks for sure. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, start with Tori Lovello and the comments that he made after this game. Of course, some positives and some negatives. Here's what Tori had to say right after this one ended. Um, we did some things right and we didn't did some things wrong, you know. And, and I think those are just making those mistakes are the type that you're going to make when you know you're just getting back out there, getting back in the flow and the rhythm. And I. You know, there's a couple of plays that, that took place today that probably will never happen again, such as the, the um, not not reading the count, 
thinking it was strike three. We were all confused, but um, it's good to be back out there. I thought Tommy threw the baseball really well. Um, he gives two quality innings. Looked like he worked into his velocity velocity a little bit through, I think, a 2-2 fastball at 90, uh, 2-2 fastball. Um, and the was probably the second inning of work that really got him locked in. And then after that, he started to really pound the zone with an aggressive heater, um, quality secondary stuff. So that's what we're looking for. Um, great, great outing for him. A couple nice plays. Blaze played really well, a couple hits, um, and made some really nice defensive plays. So there were some things we did well, some things we got to clean up, and that's what spring training is all about. Yeah, not a not a pretty game for the Diamondbacks for sure. Uh, 16 strikeouts and 32 at bats is not exactly uh, what you're looking for. I know Riley in the chat mentioned uh, there definitely needs to be less big swings tomorrow, which is I, I think a, a fair criticism. Of course, you're getting you know kind of this this odd hodgepodge of major leaguers and minor leaguers playing in these games. So you know uh, you're not necessarily expecting all of these guys to come out and and look great. But I want to start with Tommy Henry and his outing from a number standpoint. Really good stuff from him. Two innings, one hit, no runs, no walks, uh, three strikeouts. Uh, Pretty, pretty solid line. He threw 22 pitches, 15 strikes. He did tell us afterward that he went out and threw some extra pitches as well. Got up to, I believe it was 35 pitches just to make sure that he's continuing to, to build up and, and get stretched out for the season. Um, I do want to show uh, Tommy Henry's pitch chart uh, for this game just so we can see where all of these pitches were. I think Tommy pitched well. Uh, but I will say that if you if you look at this, there there's a few more pitches in the middle than I think you would like to see. Uh, you know, there's a slider that's sort of middle up there. There's a few fastballs in the middle of the zone. Uh, there's some breaking balls in the middle here as well. Um, so I think Tommy got away got away with some stuff. Uh, if we're if we're being totally honest here, but he also he also pitched well uh, on the whole. I think from a movement perspective. Uh, he threw a curveball that was probably the nastiest curveball I've ever seen Tommy Henry throw in his, in his career, at least what I've seen uh, up in the majors up to this point. A front door, uh, a breaking pitch to Amador, I believe it was of the Rockies. That was that was a really incredible pitch for a strikeout. And you know, you know something about Tommy Henry, uh, or, or I guess what you know about Tommy Henry is that he has a very viable pitch arsenal. He has a variety of weapons that you know you compare him to Ryan Nelson, which we're going to be doing that comparison pretty much all of spring training. Those are the two guys that we expect to compete for that fifth rotation spot, um, you know, and uh, some other guys as well. But those are certainly the two front runners. Tommy Henry, there are fewer questions about the arsenal. You saw the four seam fastball. You saw the curveball, the change up, the slider. Uh, you also saw a sinker in this game. Uh, Tommy Henry, this is something he revealed to me a few days ago. He started throwing a sinker over the offseason uh, and is looking at trying to incorporate that into his arsenal. Uh, he said it's it's primarily going to be a weapon against lefties, in particular the inside part of the plate, just trying to kind of dust off, uh, dust left-handed hitters off the plate a little bit. Um, and he did throw one of those in this game. If you look on StatCast, you're not going to see this. I think it, it had uh, shown a sinker at one point, and then I don't know if they like cleaned up the data and were like, oh, he doesn't have a sinker. Uh, but he actually does have a sinker. He threw one of them to Nolan Jones. The first pitch to Nolan Jones was a sinker. Uh, he wasn't so happy with it necessarily, he said after the game. Uh, he was He was aiming for that pitch to be on the inner half of the plate. It wound up sailing on the outer half of the plate. It was a strike, but it wasn't at all... Uh, where he was trying to throw it. Uh, so he, he got away with that. But 
on the whole, it was it was a, a really good start to spring training for Tommy Henry. And I think we have to remember, like Tommy Henry has not thrown in this environment in a long time. Uh, he last threw for the Diamondbacks in August last season. Uh, he had the elbow issue, which was originally only going to keep him out for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, before you know it, he not only misses the remainder of the regular season, but he misses uh, all of the postseason as well. He was nearly able to come back toward the end, uh, was building up, you know, throwing off a mound, throwing um, in sort of simulated games at Chase Field by the end. But uh, the opportunity ultimately didn't present itself. Uh, but Tommy did talk after the game about what it was like to be back on the mound in front of actual fans, uh, which is something he uh, he hasn't experienced in a while. Here's what he had to say. Um, it felt good. Uh, warming up today, honestly, was the first time I realized it was it would be the first time in like a stadium setting since August. Um, so it felt good. I uh, had a little bit of pregame jitters, which felt good. That's always fun. Um, and there was a great crowd out there today, so it was fun to just, you know, be a part of the buzz, um, get the feet wet, and settle in. Yeah, this is, uh, this is just something, something a little bit new right now for Tommy Henry, given that he hasn't thrown in front of an actual crowd uh, since August. So that's sort of where he started when he was talking about this after the game. Uh, Henry's velo, I can look that up real quick. Uh, he ranged with his... What StatCast is showing is just his four-seamer range from 89.3 up to 92.6, an average of 91, which is pretty similar to where it was last year. They have it at 90.7 last year. Uh, so I don't think uh, we're still trying to figure out who this pitcher is that Tori Lovello is talking about, whose velocity is elevated here in spring training. Uh, don't think it's Tommy Henry, at least not from what we saw today. Uh, you know, he did get up to 93 miles an hour, which is which is good for him. But, you know, pretty similar to uh, where we saw him last year. Who do you think it is? I don't know. I I, I it's 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 the kind of an, an impossible thing for me to really speculate on. Um, no doubt. But I mean, you could take a guess. if I just ha if I just had to take a guess, I would guess that it is. Um, I don't know, Damon. I would. It's Brandon Fott. Like, sure, it's Brandon Fott. Let's just go out and and throw out huge. just absolutely rampant speculation. Uh, no, I I don't I don't know who it is. But yes, if it was Brandon Fott, it would be it would be a very Brandon significant Fott development with, with that like rising high fastball hitting in like ninety seven. That would be pretty nasty, dude. That would be a that would be a game changer for Brandon Fott. Uh, someone asked in my last mailbag, like, what is the ceiling for Brandon Fott? Could he be a frontline starting pitcher? And I talked about some ways where maybe he could maybe he could get there. And uh, I didn't really think that, you know, a, a significant fastball velo jump would be in the cards for him at this point. But who knows? Uh, we'll we'll see. And we'll see in the coming days when uh, when he pitches in a spring training game. Uh, Tommy Henry also after this game talked about what he's been working on this offseason. Of course, he didn't have exactly a normal offseason he did build up and was throwing off a mound at the end of the year uh but with the elbow and whatnot certainly wanted to take some precautions coming into this season uh, but here's what he had to say about some of the mechanical adjustments that he was working on Let's see when you took them out today um I, I really tried to clean up some lower half mechanics stuff uh which is you know without getting too down the rabbit hole like uh, really focusing on my hips and, and sturdying up my front side um, in order to make my hand, you know, come out in a more consistent pattern more often. Um, and so, you know, today, small sample size, but I felt like the misses were small. Um, I felt good. I felt efficient. Um, 
and you know putting more of the stress in the big muscles you know and more in my shoulder rather than my elbow um and yeah so i'm glad i'm healthy and you know that stuff felt good too yeah this is something that tommy talked with me about as well uh, about a, about a week ago toward the start of spring camp uh just trying to get as much stress off of the elbow as possible uh, you know, based on your your mechanics, it does your mechanics do have an impact on how much stress you're putting on, you know, your shoulder, your elbow and whatnot. You see Tommy there talking about wanting to put more of it on his shoulder and less of it on his elbow. So he seems to be feeling good uh, from that perspective. Tommy was also asked after this game about what his next step is in terms of his development and contributing as a pitcher in this organization. I found uh, I found this answer to be especially interesting. Impact this organization. Yeah, I think it's, you know, kind of the, continuing the trend of getting ahead of hitters. Um, and it's as simple as that. I think for, you know, a big part, big part of my career, I've kind of, you know, pitched and battled from behind. Um, and at some times you could, you know, chalk that up if you want to be positive to being effectively wild. Um, but, you know, when you're, in the com when you're in command of the game, it makes pitching way easier. And I think it allows you to be more consistent every fifth day um, and get more consistent results. So I think that that's the next big step for me. And that's, you know, the goal moving forward. I think we we think of Tommy Henry as being a command guy and uh you know that I think that working around the edges is certainly a part of his game and I do think that's something that we've seen from him but purely from from a walks perspective Tommy Henry actually hasn't been so much of a command guy either in the majors or really even in the minors. You look at the season he had last year, he was at 3.5 walks per nine. Uh, in the PCL, he was also right around 3.5 in 2022. And we saw him in the majors, uh, he was at four. Uh, so he's basically always been in the like mid threes to mid fours in terms of his walks per nine innings, which is which is on the higher end. Uh, and I think, you know, the future of Tommy Henry and, and him at his best is going to be a guy who's not only working on the edges, but also throwing a lot of strikes. And that's something that we did see today uh, out of Henry's 22 pitches. I believe it was 64%. I think that's 14 out of the 22 pitches were in the zone. Uh, so, you know, there were some misses location-wise, but he was really lighting up the strike zone. And that's one of his key things that he came away with from this game was just, I want to throw strikes. I want to get ahead of hitters. I want to, you know, really maximize my stuff in that way. And that's something that we we definitely saw from from Tommy Henry today. Uh, outside of him on the mound, uh, there there were a couple of other uh, impressive performances that I want to mention. Blaze Alexander went two for two in this game, a single and a double. Uh, I think Riley mentioned in the chat the single at 108.6 miles per hour off the bat, the double at 97.7. Both of those were hit were hit well. Uh, he also uh, helped turn a pretty impressive double play alongside Kevin Newman uh, in the middle infield. So, you know, it's one game. You know, you're not necessarily facing the the highest quality of competition, especially here early in spring training when teams are are using more of their minor leaguers. Uh, but this was this was an impressive game for Blaze Alexander. Blaze was playing second. Blaze was playing second. Is that that could be big? Yeah, yeah. Blaze was at second. I think they just want to get Kevin Newman as many looks at shortstop as possible, and so they had Kevin Newman in at short, and they had Blaze in at second. So, do you we'll think see that, that it continues. would be smarter to if Blaze continues to perform throughout this spring training to have Blaze as the on the opening day roster? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, Tori was asked after this game, you know, 
what are you looking for from Blaze to to really make this team? And Tori emphasized that like Blaze is in the mix here. Uh, Blaze Alexander is not just here to you know play some games and then get sent down to minor league camp and just sort of be buried in Reno forever. Uh, I think there I think there is a path for Blaze Alexander to make this team. We've talked about the Diamondbacks likely having two bench uh, infield spots available to them. And I think Blaze Alexander absolutely could be could be one of those guys. I wouldn't, you know, if I'm trying to like chart out who's at the top of that list and, you know, kind of where the list goes from there, Blaze probably, probably wouldn't be at the top of the list, but he's certainly someone who with a strong spring training, uh, you know, could come out and, 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 you know, really vie for that spot. So, I mean, he's performed in the minors pretty much everywhere he's been. Yeah. And, and he's at the age now at 24 where like, it's pretty much put up or shut up time. You would think, you know what I mean? Like you're either a trade yeah, piece or you're, uh, you're making the roster. I really like blaze. I think he could provide some value for this team. And I think he's, you know, got some potential as a player for sure. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Uh, I mean, you look at the numbers he put up in in Triple A last year. He hit two ninety one, four oh eight, four fifty seven, uh, an eight sixty five OPS. Of course, you have to do the the conversion, the whole Reno thing. Yes, uh, he struck out more than you like. Uh, Eighty three strikeouts in three. See if I can get this three hundred and five plate appearances. So that's a that's a high strikeout rate. That's over twenty five percent. I think that's maybe the primary hesitation with Blaze at this point is cutting down on on the swing and miss. But defensively, you saw a little bit of it today. Defensively, is going to be great. Not only at shortstop, but he can move to second base. He could probably play third base as well. He has you know potentially the best infield arm, one of the best infield arms of anyone in this system. Uh, so. Yeah, Blaze Alexander absolutely is is a name to keep an eye on, uh, even if he's not necessarily I'm at the sold. top of the list. One game in, I'm sold. He's All right, there we go. Welcome to the squad, Blaze Alexander. You're you're the backup shortstop. <laughs> this is why we love Damon piping in on the show because everything is it's all so reasonable. Uh, Chris wants you to bubble yourself, Damon. Can you can you make that happen? I will that make possible? that happen, Chris. All right. Damon's going to bubble himself so we can see him in the corner. Uh, on the sort of negative side for this, again, I'm not going too crazy with anything on day one of spring training. Uh, Ivan Melendez went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. Not great there. Christian Robinson had one at bat toward the end of this game. He struck out uh, Jake McCarthy 0 for 3 in this game with a couple of strikeouts. Jake McCarthy is in a really rough spot at this point. We've talked about how... Uh, there we go. You are you on? You're coming on. Uh, Jake McCarthy is in a is in a tough spot from a roster construction standpoint. The Diamondbacks, obviously, by bringing in Randall Grishik, by bringing in Jock Peterson, they made his path to the majors pretty uh, pretty difficult. Uh, Tory did talk about having six outfielders potentially, and there may being there may being a path uh, for him to make the roster. He didn't mention Jake specifically when he said that, but he did talk about potentially having six outfielders on the roster on opening day. So I don't think it's something we should rule out, uh, but Jake is going to have to perform well in spring training to, to force the team's hand to kind of construct their roster in that way. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't a great start today. Uh, yeah, at least as Jake's at-bats did not look great. They they didn't. Uh, yeah, he was, he was chasing out of the zone a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's something to continue to monitor. Again, it's one game. I wouldn't be too... Wouldn't read too much into it at this point. Uh, could tell Marte went one for two with a walk in this game, made a, a really nice play at second base. Uh, he looks to be 
uh, in good shape and, and ready to go at this point. Again, it's one game, uh, but Cattell uh, Cattell looked good. As far as the uh, upcoming schedule, what can what you can expect from the Diamondbacks here in the next few days? Uh, we have Ryan Nelson pitching on Saturday once again against the Rockies. It's going to be Slade Ciccone on Sunday against the White Sox. Blake Walston on Monday against the Oakland A's. Uh, so no no Erod here. He pitched on a backfield today. We're going to get to that a little bit more here in a little bit. Uh, and then Brandon Fott, I think you'll see eventually, although I'm not totally clear on exactly when his first outing in an actual game will be. I do think the Diamondbacks are maybe trying to hide pitchers a little bit uh, from teams that they uh, will face early in the season. Tori said that that wasn't the reason that Erod threw on a backfield today. Uh, as opposed to starting in this game, the D-backs, of course, opened the season against the Colorado Rockies, the regular season. Um, but Tori said that was more just Erod wanting to uh, get some work in, in in a more controlled environment. So, uh, but yeah, we do expect to see those guys certainly in, in actual Cactus League games soon. Uh, as far as the lineup is concerned, Tori said that Corbin Carroll will start in right field. Uh, Lourdes will start in left. Alec Thomas in center on Saturday. I don't know what the infield will look like, but those that starting outfield group uh, will will be in there for sure. So that's sort of what to look uh, what to look forward to here in these next few days. Uh, speaking of what to look forward to, uh, Circle K. You got it. If you got to go get some gas, if you need uh, something, a light refreshment or whatnot while you're on the road, Circle K is certainly the place to go. Uh, you can join the Circle K Inner Circle, which all of us here have done it. It's really a no-brainer. If you like saving money, uh, you can save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups as an Inner Circle member. You also save three cents per gallon every day thereafter. It's a phenomenal deal. Uh, go ahead and do it. What are you waiting for? Uh, join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. Also, want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Football season may be over. I'm not so sad about that, full disclosure. Uh, that means baseball is here. Uh, but the action on the floor, meaning basketball, is heating up. Certainly a tough loss for the Suns last night, by the way. Uh, Luka Doncic, not, not, not great. Uh, but uh, Prize Picks, this is this is prime time for our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than sixty seconds. It is super super easy. Uh, they have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app course having a variety of different stat types i'm i'm all about that uh soon soon hopefully they'll get uh, stat cast metrics too we can go uh you know higher lower on on exit velos and whatnot i'm, I'm certainly down with that uh but uh if you haven't already go to prizepicks.com uh, and use code phnx or prizepicks.com slash phnx use code phnx for a first deposit match of up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash phnx and use code phnx pick more pick less it is that easy i do want to get to eduardo rodriguez shoving on the backfields over at Salt River Fields. This happened uh, about an hour, hour and a half before the game today. Of course, Erod was originally slated to start the Diamondback spring training opener. As I mentioned earlier, he wound up throwing on a backfield instead, wanted a more controlled environment to work on some things and whatnot. And we have some video of Erod throwing in this game. Uh, Damon, shall we? Uh, this is Erod against Lourdes Gurriel Jr. He faced a number of different Diamondbacks hitters. There were six hitters in all. 
uh, but he he uh, was pretty impressive. I know we talked a lot about Yumin Lin and the job that he did yesterday, uh, but he uh, he's uh, somewhat carved up several Diamondbacks hitters. Caleb Roberts, he struck out on three pitches. Uh, you see him facing Lourdes Gurriel Jr. here. Uh, this I will spoil. It will end in a in a strikeout here in a few short moments as well. Uh, Erod looked looked good. Um, you can just tell his his uh, mechanics seem to be in sync. You see a breaking pitch there that Lourdes uh, swings and misses at. Um, and yeah, I mean this is certainly it's it's very early in spring training, but the Diamondbacks made a pretty big investment in this guy. And uh, you'd like to you'd like to see him show up to camp and and perform well right off the bat. Something that Madison Bumgarner, of course, when the Diamondbacks made that investment a few years ago, uh, that was sort of disastrous from from day one. Uh, so uh, he struck out Lourdes Gurriel Jr. He also struck out three other Diamondbacks hitters. He struck out four of the six batters he faced uh, through, I believe, it was 28 pitches altogether. So. Really impressive showing from Eduardo Rodriguez all the way around. If you want to watch the full live BP footage, we have that uh, over on our YouTube page. So be sure to do that. We also have full live BP footage of Yumin Lin as well, um, which has gotten tons of traction, which is uh, which is phenomenal. The pride um, of Taiwan. He, he is the, be, he is the pride the, of Taiwan. The D-backs might be the pride of Taiwan. Because we yeah. got Corbin as well. That's that's fair. It's a good point. I mean, we yeah. might, we need this whole nation to get behind this team. That's what <laughs> that's really what it's coming down to. Yeah, I mean the the Dodgers, right? They've got Japan at this point, but if the Diamondbacks have Taiwan, I mean, you know, Taiwan's you always been clear of Japan. Everyone yeah. knows oh, absolutely. that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, lots of lots of hype surrounding that Yumin Lin video. Uh, but be sure to check out the Eduardo Rodriguez one as well if you want to see. Uh, this is basically like watching Eduardo Rodriguez pitch in a Cactus League game, except instead of um, you know other teams' hitters, it is just uh, he's facing his teammates instead. Of course. Uh, so yeah, it was Caleb Roberts, Corbin Carroll, Jordan Lawler, Alec Thomas. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Jose Herrera. He struck out all of those guys except for Corbin Carroll and Jose Herrera. Uh, Carroll, I believe, walked, drew a walk, took some some tough close pitches. Jose Herrera hit a fly ball down the right field line that probably would have been caught pretty easily by the second baseman or the right fielder. Uh, so yeah, all the way around impressive stuff from Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, I also asked after uh, Erod's session, I asked Tori Lovello, who was out there watching, I asked how he felt about Erod throwing on the backfields, and uh, here's what Tori had to say. Real good, real good. He, um, he's just so good at landing pitches. He is a pitch maker. Um, he can drive pitches on both sides of the plate. Um, you know, I, was, I watched him throw two fastballs down and into Corbin Carroll and pretty much dotted up. Timing has to be really good when you're doing something like that, and that's that's all, that's how I've known him. He's just really good at locating and and figuring out when to and where to throw pitches. Obviously, Torrey Lavello is uh, is no stranger to Eduardo Rodriguez in his game, uh, but yeah, the mechanics really looked in sync. Uh, as Torrey said, there he was really seemed to be really dotting his spots. Uh, the command was was on point, which is certainly a big thing for a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez, who isn't necessarily going to blow you away. Um, so, yeah, uh, really good stuff on that front. I suspect we'll see him in a Cactus League game uh, here pretty soon. Don't have a, a final date on that just yet, but I think it's fairly likely that his next outing comes in an actual Cactus League game. Uh, Marcos asked, do we know who is pitching on Sunday? And yes, we do. It's Ryan Nelson Saturday, Slate Sacconi Sunday. That game's against the White Sox, and then Blake Walston Monday against the Oakland A's. 
those are the starting pitchers that we know for certain right now. Uh, but yes, good stuff uh, for Erod all across the board. I do want to talk about Jock Peterson here real quick as well. Peterson drew a couple of walks uh, in this game. And uh, he had very high praise for Dave McKay, uh, just talking about as he's getting acclimated to this team and what he's working on and whatnot. Uh, Jock Peterson referred to Dave McKay as the GOAT of outfield and base running coaches. Uh, that is a word-for-word quote, I believe. Uh, so uh, Jock Peterson clearly is is enamored uh, with Dave McKay. And frankly, I mean, if you're a member of this Diamondbacks team and you're a position player, uh, you probably are pretty enamored with having Dave McKay around as uh, you know, a resource in the outfield and and as far as base running is concerned as well. He certainly has brought a lot to this team. Uh, but Jock went on and on about how Dave has really helped a lot already with him getting good outfield reads and whatnot. That's a big reason we heard initially why Jock chose the Diamondbacks in the first place. Uh, so yeah, uh, Jock is clearly happy with that. Jock is also, this was interesting to me, he's also very happy with Salt River Fields. He called it the nicest complex or one of the nicest complexes, at least, in all of spring training, uh, which, of course, we've already established here. Uh, Salt River Fields is the nicest complex, I think we can safely say, uh, across all of spring training here in Arizona or in Florida. Um, and something I didn't realize is that at Scottsdale Stadium with the San Francisco Giants, where Jock was previously, they don't actually have backfields there. Uh, it is just Scottsdale Stadium because it's like right in the middle of the city. It is just the main field. And so if you wanted to do some sort of live BP or, you know, drills or whatnot, uh, and you play for the San Francisco Giants, you would have to drive a little ways over to the Papago Park area where they had their their actual backfield. So uh, he talked about having to kind of drive back and forth between those places where it's at Salt River Fields, the minor league facility, everything is all in one place. It's super easy. Uh, and I think we all know that Salt River Fields is outstanding. Jock is certainly appreciating that at this point. Uh, you all should come out and join us because we are going to be doing some fantastic takeovers this season out at Chase Field. Once the regular season, once the real games start, uh, we have three takeovers that we have officially announced for the 2024 season. The first one is on May 4th against the San Diego Padres. That is Gabriel Moreno bobblehead night. I will be there. Derek will also presumably be there as long as this boat uh, brings him back safely to the U.S., which we which we hope is the case. Uh, July 31st against the Washington Nationals. That game we are doing our pool party takeover. That's, of course, the highlight of our slate of takeover days for the 2024 season. So be sure to join us for that one in particular. Don't miss that one. That one. You'll, re- you'll really regret missing that one. It's really hard uh, for those of you who don't know how the pool situation generally works. It is you can't normally just buy one ticket to go and hang out at the Chase Field swimming pool. You have to rent out the whole thing with a group of people and it is not cheap. Uh, so the opportunity to go and just buy a single ticket and not drop several thousand dollars on reserving it for, you know, your family or your group or whatever only comes um, around every so often. It only it only comes around every so often. You said it. So uh, so yeah, be sure to join us. That's July 31st. We'd love to see you out there. I'm sure Derek will be doing cannonballs and whatnot. I'm sure Derek will have like the perfect outfit you will. for a pool day. Like he'll have yeah. the exact pair of shirts and shorts that we've never seen him wear before that you're just like, wow, you really dress for the occasion. He'll yeah. probably have his own floaties and stuff. Like Derek will show will. up ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it, he, he of might. Of course, if he gets back from this 
if he gets if he gets back from the cruise right yeah i mean he might he might be dressed like a like a four-year-old like you might mistake him for some child based on how he's dressed on his nose yeah no doubt 100 percent. although i don't know if he'll need sunscreen because the chase field roof is probably going to be closed on july 31st Stay tuned. Who knows? Weather is unpredictable. Uh, we also have a takeover on September 10th against the Texas Rangers. That, of course, being another really big game. Uh, the Rangers coming back for a World Series rematch. So we have a, a really fun slate of takeover games for the 2024 season. Be sure to join us out there. Uh, and if you want to get a discount on all of these things, as well as a bunch of other benefits, be sure to become a PHNX diehard. You can do that now on our website at gophnx.com. Doing so gives you access not only to discounts on events like these, uh, but also it gets you a free t-shirt right away up front. And it also provides you with a whole lot of content uh, from all of our beats here at PHNX that you won't be able to get if you're not a diehard. Uh, we do every week, we do um, an interaction with some people in our Discord. Uh, Derek does his city council meetings. Uh, we'll do Q and A's. We'll do other other fun interactive things like that. Uh, we also have diehard only content over on our website. Uh, articles that I write. There's a couple of those uh, every month that we have scheduled for for the foreseeable future. Uh, and it's not just from our D backs beat here, but Cardinals, uh, Coyotes, Suns, uh, so on and so forth. So if you're not a diehard already, please. Be sure to get down on that as soon as possible. Um, and I'm told that the Valley of the Sun uh, will roar to life not, not long from now because NASCAR is returning to Phoenix Raceway March 8th through 10th. I'm pretty stoked for this. Jesse, you were telling me the other day how stoked you were for this. I am I am pretty stoked. I I prior to uh, you know, Phoenix Raceway is, is, I mean, I think growing up, I always loved cars. I was always a car guy, but actually like going out there and experiencing it in person, uh, experiencing it in person is something that I didn't get around to doing. So, uh, I'm pretty stoked to actually see what that's like in person. I hope you are too. Uh, it is the best in-class fan experience, um, uh, meeting, uh, there's all, all, all sorts of uh, cool action out there to be had. And of course, with the backdrop of the beautiful Estrella Mountains, uh, which are extraordinary. If you haven't spent a whole lot of time in that part of the Phoenix metro area, it really is nice out there. Uh, so get your tickets to the Shriners Children's 500 at Phoenix Raceway, March 8th through 10th. Uh, it promises a weekend of good vibes for the whole family. Uh, get your reserved grandstand tickets now at phoenixraceway.com. All right, well, to finish off uh, today's show, I want to uh, revisit an article that I wrote a long time ago. Uh, this is back on November 11th. Uh, so this was several months ago. I wrote a story that was basically five questions that will define the Diamondbacks offseason. And now that spring training has started, the Diamondbacks offseason is over. And uh, we can we can look back on what the Diamondbacks were able to accomplish this offseason uh, by pretty much all available measures. I think it was successful, but I thought it'd be interesting to look back at these questions and kind of see how we view them uh, in retrospect. First of all, how much will the Diamondbacks spend? That was the first question that I had on the docket. And uh, the Diamondbacks spent a lot more money than I think we anticipated. Uh, they opened the 2023 season with a payroll of around $116 million. That is now $144 million, according to COTS. Uh, that's approximately where they where they sit right now. That's a much bigger jump than I think I really envisioned the Diamondbacks, uh, you know, being willing to do entering the season. Even given the fact that 
because of uh, the World Series and the extended postseason run that they went on, uh, they were able to, you know, they certainly made some money on that, but I still think they spent more than uh, than we were expecting. We had heard uh, talk of $20 million. The team would be willing to spend $20 million this offseason in addition to what they already had on the books. Uh, ultimately, it wound up being significantly higher than that. The second question that I had was, will the Diamondbacks solve their third base problem? Of course, last season, uh, third base was was tough uh, for the Diamondbacks. They started with Josh Rojas. Uh, he got the majority of the reps at third base. And, uh, you know, Emmanuel Rivera certainly stepped in. Evan Longoria, of course, was part of that. Uh, Rojas started the season really well. But ultimately, third base was was a a rough. It was just rough for the Diamondbacks. Wasn't it like 29th or something in the league in, in total output? Yeah, it was pretty rough. Uh, the Diamondbacks, uh, their third baseman slashed 234, 303, 340 uh, throughout the 2024 se- or the 2023 season. Um, it was a 75 WRC plus, which ranked 27th in baseball. So yeah, basically right there at the bottom. We don't know exactly what it will look like in 2024. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, uh, you know, is is there and he's the guy. Uh, you know, there's been some swing and miss. We saw some swing and miss today in the Cactus League. We've seen a little bit of it in live BP, but this is only a handful of, of plate appearances. I wouldn't read too much into it at this point. Uh, but yeah, I think I think they did. I think they did solve their third base problem, uh, you know, reasonably well. Trading Sebi Zavala and Carlos Vargas for Eugenio Suarez. On paper, it's a trade that made a lot of sense for the Diamondbacks. They basically just took back money. And the two guys that they traded away, you know, Vargas has has good stuff, but the command, there are some big questions there. He really struggled uh, both briefly in the majors as well as in the minors in 2023. And then Sebi Zavala would have been a candidate for that backup catcher role, but not not a huge loss for the Diamondbacks, all things considered. Uh, so, yeah, a trade that made a lot of sense. We'll have to wait and see how it turns out. Um, but on paper, you know, even if Eugenio Suarez isn't quite the guy that you would hope him to be in 2024. You're still probably looking at a sizable increase in production from third base. Uh, So that's certainly promising. Uh, The third question that I wrote back in November was what caliber of starting pitcher will the Diamondbacks acquire? And this is one where I think we can also safely say that the team shot a lot higher than, uh, than we would have, we would have expected. You go back and listen to what Mike Hazen said at the beginning of Uh, The offseason, he didn't want just a starting pitcher who he didn't he didn't want a starting pitcher where you didn't know what you were getting. Uh, There were certainly some guys out there like that. Lucas Giolito, you know, Luis Severino, those kind of guys where you didn't really know exactly what you were going to get, even if the ceiling of what they could give you was high. The Diamondbacks wanted someone a little bit more proven, more of a veteran. And I think they got that in Eduardo Rodriguez. I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, you know, coming off the season he had with the Tigers last year, a 3.30 ERA. He put up big numbers. He's coming off a really strong season. Uh, the Diamondbacks paid a hefty price to get him, four years and $80 million. I mentioned earlier, that's not a small investment, uh, but it is, you know, I think it is a reasonable one and it's one the Diamondbacks are willing to make. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see how that, how that turns out. But certainly from what I was expecting, that is uh, the team shot higher in, in that regard than, than I thought they would. The streets won't forget you comparing it to Mad Bum the yeah, next no. day. No, yeah, never. they won't. Yeah, they I won't. won't ever forget that, Jesse. I'm, <laughs> never, I'm not going to live that. 
I'm not going to live that down. Yeah, that's that's I, I probably deserve that. Uh, I did. Come, I did come on our show the day after the Diamondbacks signed Eduardo Rodriguez. And we showed a graphic comparing uh, Madison Bumgarner stats with Erod stats. Two. You made me make two separate comparisons. Yeah, I think graphics. I did. One was like the year, like the year immediately prior to them joining the Diamondbacks. And there was like the three years, uh, the three preceding oh, yeah. years or something for each guy. The yeah. streets remember. Yeah, they yeah. do. Damon's not going to forget anytime soon. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, on paper, looking at the projections moving forward, Erod is a pretty strong investment for the Diamondbacks and, uh, you know, should be a really solid mid rotation starter for them moving forward. The fourth question that I asked way back in November was how much right-handed thump will the Diamondbacks add? And of course, at this point, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. was presumably gone, so he would be one addition that they made here. Uh, they also, of course, added Eugenio Suarez uh, earlier as well, which I mentioned earlier as well. So you've got those two right-handed bats. I think we were a little surprised maybe that the Diamondbacks went for a left-handed designated hitter. Uh, instead of a right-handed one. This is something we've had a lot of conversations about. Uh, Jock Peterson is not right-handed thump, but he is thump. Uh, Jock Peterson does have a considerable amount of power. And I think all in all, in terms of just thump to the middle of the lineup, adding some guys behind Christian Walker and Cattell Marte and Corbin Carroll, the Diamondbacks also did pretty well in that regard on paper. The last question which is still an interesting one and one that we could probably do an entire show discussing is will the Diamondbacks extend Gabriel Moreno? And this is something that we, of course, do not have an answer to necessarily because while the Diamondbacks have not extended Gabriel Moreno at this point, I don't think that it is necessarily impossible. Uh, last year, we saw the team strike an extension with Corbin Carroll. I believe it was right around this time of year. You don't usually get too deep into extension talks until all of the other big offseason transactions are taken care of. At this point, I think the Diamondbacks' big offseason transactions are taken care of, and presumably, this would be the time to circle back and really start thinking about an extension with Gabriel Moreno. I know Nick Picoro over at the Arizona Republic reported that he expected the Diamondbacks uh, to at least make an effort to make this happen. So we'll see. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we don't know much on this front at this point, but it, it's a question that I view as still being very much open. I still think it's possible that this is a maneuver that the Diamondbacks try to make. Uh, Gabby Moreno, of course, is not slated to hit free agency anytime soon. Uh, he is very young. He is very early in his career. As things stand right now, Gabriel Moreno would not be a free agent until after the 2028 season. Uh, so. There's not necessarily a huge urgency with this, but as you saw with Corbin Carroll, if you if you wait a little bit to sign these kind of extensions to players who are really good when they're young, you might wind up paying a whole lot more to do it. We saw that with the Kansas City Royals, them giving Bobby Witt Jr. nearly $300 million guaranteed, as opposed to the Diamondbacks who signed Corbin Carroll to a $111 million extension. There's more years with Bobby Witt, but there's also quite a bit of risk, you know, buying out years well into his mid-30s. Uh, so yeah, I think this still makes sense for the Diamondbacks. As of right now, Gabby would walk at age 28. I think there's a lot of reason to want Gabriel Moreno again for age 29 and age 30. This is something I, again, expect the team to try. It's just a matter if if there's a match and if if the numbers work out. Damon, I say I, I suppose it's safe to say you're you're pretty on board with the team 
pulling that off? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, until 2028, I'm not going to be you know, freaking out about it necessarily. If that's how long it's going to be until he re- reaches free agency. Yeah. Like, like it's hard to sweat it as a fan. Cause we know we have him locked in for so long. That being said, I think it would, it could be smart to, to lock him down for, get him some extra money earlier in his career. And then, you know, get him at a, at a, what you would consider to be good value for those last few prime years of, of yeah. his career. Yeah, it, it, it basically be an arrangement where, you know, you could kind of project out what Gabriel Moreno would normally make over the next five seasons going through two more years of pre-arbitration and then the three arbitration years. The Diamondbacks would would guarantee him more money than that. That would be sort of the, the benefit uh, for Gabby. And then the Diamondbacks in sort of exchange for that. They would want, you know, a couple of extra years at maybe a reasonable price, you know, $16 million or something like that. Uh, Chris is not happy, Damon, that you're not in the bubble in the in the bottom in the bottom corner of the screen. Uh, <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> uh, Ryan said in the chat, would it be better to extend Gabriel Moreno or Zach Gallen? Is it possible to do both? The Gallon one again continues to be. I mean, you know, he's he's talked about liking Arizona and you know certainly being interested in sticking around. The difference with that one is like you're paying, you're paying top dollar. Like yeah. you're not getting you're not getting a potential discount on like you might on Gabby for his prime of his career. You're paying Gallon for a long time and you're paying him top money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Zach Gallon is someone that is so close to free agency that yeah, it's exactly what you said. You're not you're not getting a huge discount on Zach Gallon for anything. Uh, you just don't. I mean, you know, there's only there's only two more seasons left at this point, so there's not really any place for you to like guarantee him so much money over the next two years that he's willing to give you something on the back end of that deal. Uh, it would cost two hundred million dollars, uh, potentially north of two hundred million dollars, to do the kind of extension that I expect Zach Gallon would want. Um, so yeah, it's it's such a it's it's not really an apples to apples comparison. It's kind of hard to compare Gallon and Gabby directly, but I do think that Gabriel Moreno is one that it's one that doesn't have as much risk. Uh, like whatever whatever the deal would look like. You know, a Moreno extension probably just, like I said, you're guaranteeing him a little bit more money over the next few years than maybe he'd project for otherwise. But you're, you know, you're you're maybe not even tacking on guaranteed years. Maybe you're just tacking on club options so you have the ability to bring him back for his age 29 and age 30 seasons if you want to. Uh, so there's really, there's really not a lot of risk with the Gabby deal, whereas with the Zach Gallon deal... As much as people are like totally on board, uh, absolutely, you know, and understandably so with extending Zach Gallen, there's a lot of risk if you extend a pitcher, you know, who's going to be 30 years old when he hits free agency and you sign him to, you know, six or seven guaranteed seasons beyond that. There's a lot of risk there, even if it's a decision that absolutely makes sense. And, you know, in some ways, I think it is. I'd be curious what exactly the numbers look like. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's just going to be way more risk if you, you know, if you try to extend. A guy like Gallon at, at this point. Um, Chris says pay the pitcher and then complete the battery. There you go. Doing both, uh, doing both would be would be difficult. 
Uh, we did get a little bit of TV clarification, which is one thing I wanted to touch on just real quick. Uh, yesterday, the Diamondbacks made an announcement. We talked about it on the show. D-backs TV, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks are working with Major League Baseball again for their TV broadcast. Some of you might have been able to watch today's game, uh, not necessarily through D-backs TV, but through Rockies TV. Today's game was broadcast on the Rockies side. Uh, that was free. Uh, Derek Hall, the Diamondbacks president and CEO, did go on, on Wolf and Luke today and clarified a little bit about this announcement. Uh, he said, and I quote, people are going to be able to watch on cable and satellite just as they did last year. It was a big question that people were asking on social media. He continued on saying MLB is in the process of negotiating with the distributors like Cox and DirecTV and then the same platforms that everybody has used. Then they'll get the smaller distributors around the state that were also carrying our games. So you might have noticed yesterday's announcement was really just about a streaming service. And Derek Hall today clarified, we are still going to be available on you know, the various cable providers and streaming platforms as well. Some of those negotiations are just still happening. Uh, and so you know, those details aren't finalized yet. We don't have channel information and all that. Uh, but I think you can be reasonably confident. Most likely, if you were able to get the games last year on your cable provider, or streaming service, excuse me, uh, you're probably going to be able to get them this year as well. Those details are, are just being finalized at this point. So if any of you are thinking that you just had to buy this streaming service and you can no longer watch the Diamondbacks on television, that is that is not the case. Derek Hall clarified that today. Uh, well, uh, Derek is going on a crazy adventure and I am a little jealous as much fun as spring training baseball is, uh, the Bahamas does sound nice this time of year, uh, but you can go on a fun adventure of your own right here around town with our friends over at Arizona lottery. They're introducing a unique new ticket and promotion called Arizona adventure. There are three ways to play and win big in. Uh, so first of all, play Arizona Adventure Lottery tickets featuring three iconic landscapes, Picacho Peak, Monument Valley, and Camelback Mountain. These tickets have prizes of up to $50,000. You can, of course, win some money along the way. Uh, you can also check out uh, check in at geolocated adventures at 10 destinations across the state from Flagstaff to Yuma. Uh, there's a full list over at azadventure.com. Jesse, you're a big outdoors sites. guy. I am a big outdoors you guy. You might have to partake in some of this. I might. It's, yeah. it's good scenery. Yeah, I've been kind of dying to to get out of town and, you know, go on a hike or something. But uh, all I do is think about baseball and write about baseball and talk about baseball. You should, uh, you should consider Chuck Huckleberry Loop. I should. I should. You're right. You would know about Chuck, Chuck uh, whatever it's called, because it's in Tucson. Uh Anyway, yes, uh, be sure to get down on this if you haven't already. The Arizona Lottery is not just about playing games and winning prizes. It is also about giving back to the state and its communities. Visit azadventure.com for more information on how you can take an adventure for a chance to win $1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes. Uh, finally, some boroughs, outstanding, outstanding, uh, family owned and operated, voted Arizona's most loved Mexican restaurant as well. I was there just the other day. They have a drive through, which is phenomenal. Not that many, not that many places, uh, good Mexican places that have a drive through. Uh, so throw a fiesta with that's us. facts. Actually, most of the time, if there's a drive through, it's a bad sign. Yeah, it is. It means the food isn't good. I mean, you'll find you'll. You'll find some here and there, but it's a that's a good like sign of a good place. Yeah, it's good food and it has, has a drive through, no doubt. Uh, and of course, you can also let them do the cooking for your spring fiestas, big or small, easy party platters to feed a crowd. 
You can find those with our friends at Simburros. Uh, they have an all new taco bar as well to impress your amigos. Uh, margaritas to go as well. Uh, all sorts of wonderful things to be had over at Simburros. They have locations throughout the valley and in Flagstaff as well. So you're never far away from delicious time-tested Sonoran style recipes uh, lovingly prepared since 1986. Let Simburros cater your next meal, big or small, order online or find one near you by visiting simburros.com. Uh, so yes, the Colorado Rockies uh, did strike out the Diamondbacks 16 times today, and as we said from the top of the show, the sky is falling. Uh, you know, we should we should read into this game uh, to the nth degree, and everything is going bad. Uh, no, it uh, this is this is day one. Day one of Diamondbacks spring training is in the books. Uh, I personally just enjoyed watching a baseball game. I especially enjoyed having StatCast data to look at because you all know how excited that gets me. It wasn't working though. I will say, Damon, it was a tragedy. StatCast data was down for like the first inning, maybe inning and a half. How did you even this game? I was struggling. I was struggling oh, up in the press the horror, box. Jesse. I was, I was not a happy camper. I was not happy about it. Uh, but magically... Uh, a couple of innings into this game, the Statcast data started appearing, and not only that, but it it like populated for for all of the baseball that had been played up to that point. So we got our Statcast data. It was lovely. Uh, now I'm just hoping that you know uh, Diamondbacks pitching prospects, some of the guys that we're really excited to see. We need as many of those guys to pitch at Salt River Fields as possible, just so we can collect as much data on them as possible. Uh, am I a nerd? Yes, but you guys already knew this. Uh, but that is all that we have uh, here for this Friday evening edition of the PHNX D-Back Show. Thank you all for joining me here today. Uh, Derek, again, he will be back, presumably, we hope. Uh, Derek, I hope you're drinking enough water because that's the thing you always say when I'm out of town and I'm simply returning the favor. Uh, but anyway, you should follow all of us here on Twitter uh, or X, I guess I should say. You can find me at Jesse and Friedman. You can find Derek at uh, cap underscore caveman with a K. Uh, I am told that he actually does have Wi-Fi on this ship, so you might be seeing a little bit more content from his X platform. Than, Wasn't he than trying expected. to convince people he was leaving his phone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I think we all know that Derek was never going to survive uh, without his phone what for was that a period about? of several days. Uh, he said he said that he was like looking forward to being without his phone, and like, I'm pretty he was sure like, I'm leaving it is what he was saying. He yeah. said, I'm, "I'm leaving it," and I, we were like, "No, you are not." Yeah, he was going to be happy without his phone for about two hours, and then he was going to really have to check Twitter. Uh, so for his for his sake, I think I'm I think I'm happy that the Wi-Fi thing worked out. Uh, but anyway, follow him there. You can also follow Damon on Twitter at Damon Dog. I am Damon's dog. Bark, bark. That doesn't feel right. Uh, you can also follow us at phnx underscore dbacks. That's our beat account. Uh, be sure to give us a follow there for a lot Derek of footage. Derek just texted us right now. Did he? He said, leave me be. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I told you you'd be watching this show. You just can't get enough of us. Uh, but yes, uh, of course, all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
Again, thank you all so much for joining me here on this Friday edition of the PHNX D-Back Show. We'll be back tomorrow. Derek will be back uh, from the past uh, for a special Saturday morning show, which we recorded on Thursday. Uh, so be sure to get that over on your favorite podcast platform that should be dropping in the morning. Uh, we did a little bit of research into season, into ticket prices for spring training games, which as some of you might have noticed, have gotten a little bit outrageous at this point. Uh, we did a little little fun uh, deep dive into, into what those are looking like so far. Uh, but yes, uh, we'll be back here on Monday with another live show at 6 o'clock following the Diamondback spring training game against the Oakland A's. Uh, so be sure to join us back here on YouTube then. Uh, but until then, remember kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when spring training baseball is officially underway.